Verdugo back to the pen. He oh. caught it. He took it back. He's doing everything right now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the TC and Company podcast. Tom Perry with you as we uh, are here on Labor Day weekend, uh, the unofficial end of summer. And the Red Sox are hoping it's not the unofficial end of the baseball season. I want to get right to our guest this week because uh, for all the talk of what's happening on the field these last uh, few weeks, everybody really talking about the future. And no one better to talk about that than the president and CEO of the Boston Red Sox, Sam Kennedy. He is this week's guest on the TC and Company podcast. Sam Kennedy, president and CEO. Uh, never a good sign when September the executives are more compelling to have on the <laughs> podcast than the team. Uh, and that's not fair. That's a, a joke, obviously. But that's kind of where we are because I think fans really want to know where the future of this thing is. But let's begin with this season, the disappointment of the season. And, and there, you're not out of it. There is a pulse. I want to, you know, but but it's 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 getting dimmer by the uh, by the week. I love the positivity of, because of the hole. You got to try to dig out of a hole, and it's a big hole. But yeah. how do you digest? A di- You've been through these. How do you get through this season in these final weeks? A lot of baseball left. It's twenty-eight games or so. But you already got to start thinking about next year. So take us where you are here in early September trying to digest everything that happened over the last eight months. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, when you said, you know, a hole, digging yourself a hole, that sort of feels like the um, like like the uh, catchphrase for the season. We dug ourselves a hole in April. Uh, May, we battled back a little bit, played 500 baseball. We get to June, and I, I don't know, we were 20 and 6 or 20 and 7, something like that. And it really felt like, all right, here we go. This is the team that... Um, we thought we had, we thought we were when we came into spring training. Um, and then unfortunately the calendar turned to July and we just played horrific baseball for a good six, eight week stretch. Um, of course we had a bunch of injuries, but, uh, which, which fed into it, but, uh, no excuses. We just didn't execute. Our personnel didn't execute. Um, our front office who selects the personnel didn't execute. Uh, and it's just been frustrating. We, we hate to be in the bottom of the American league East, even though, as you say we still do have a pulse so to answer your question what do we do now it's it's an old cliche but we got to go day to day here and just continue to play good professional baseball beat the teams that we're supposed to beat um you never know what can happen we've seen crazier things in the month of september happen but we're also realists and we know where uh where we are um and how big of a hurdle it, it is in front of us to try and get into this thing so we do have one eye on 2023 and i think if there's any silver lining uh we got to take bright spots like yesterday with brian Bello and um you know guys who are coming up and and, and contributing at the major league level we got tristan Cass is here today. We'll see what he can do uh, and start to think about roster construction and uh, getting back to where we belong in, in the American League. You potentially, and again, I'm not giving up on the season. You could put together a great month here and things could change. But as we talk here, you're in last place and potentially could have two last place finishes in the last three years. And the worry, I think, for fans is was last year the aberration. You know what I mean? Are, are, yeah. Is this a last place team that faces a long rebuild? Because I think last year we all got so excited and the, the expectations were raised. So so what is it? Is it the two last play seasons? Is it last year? You know, where are we as far as 
the sustainability of this franchise. Yeah, well, I, I think the, um, the, the important thing to remember is, you know, baseball is sort of enjoyed and, and discussed and <laughs> celebrated sort of in the moment, and we understand that. And if you take a snapshot at any moment in time, things can feel much better than they actually are in the moment, and things can feel much worse than they actually are in the moment. And I understand that things feel pretty bad right now, looking at uh, an American League East with everybody on, on top of us. But I think if you take a step back, um, I, I, I know our, our real fans understand that that John Henry and, and Tom Werner and this entire ownership group um, has been, been here for 21 years. Um, we know what it takes to play baseball in October. That's the goal each and every year. So no one internally is talking about you know a long uh, rebuild or, or a several-year process to get back to October. In fact, coming into this year, we thought we had a team that was uh, gonna gonna build on on 2021. We were two games from going to the World Series. We came into camp. We added um, a veteran All-Star player like Trevor Story, and felt really good about where things were. Unfortunately, we just haven't executed. Um, so I, it's hard to say whether you know if, if one year or the other was an, uh, an aberration. I think what it is is all part of a plan uh, to keep investing at the major league level, uh, to keep doing the right things throughout the farm system. You need to have that mix of young, talented, homegrown players that come up through the system. You need to add at the major league level, which we've consistently done. Um, and, and let's see where, where things go for the rest of this year and then into 2023. But we are very focused at putting a competitive team on the field in, in 2023 and getting back to playing baseball in October. That's what our fans deserve. That's what we expect of ourselves. Um, and anything short of that is, is a failure. And, and when we fail, it's on us as an organization from from top to bottom so right now we're not where we want to be and we accept that and we deserve the criticism that we're getting it it goes with the territory you told uh, Ken Rosenthal of the athletic that uh, you are comfortable in saying that Heim Bloom and Alex Cora will both be back next year and, and it, I know you said it wasn't a statement you didn't put out a press release yeah. saying that. <laughs> yeah. you answered a question you said it was an easy question to answer why is it easy? I mean, why are those the two guys after a season like this to, to get you where you want to be? Sure, yeah. Ken, Ken uh, Rosenthal uh, requested an interview with, with me and, and Haim Bloom, and um, we try to be as accessible to our media as possible, local media, national media. He asked the question. I was a little bit surprised by it, frankly, because um, we have such confidence in Haim Bloom and Brian O'Halloran and our whole baseball ops group. Uh, we have the utmost confidence in Alex Cora and our, our uniform staff. Uh, so that's not even something that's been on our radar. Both of them are under long-term contract. Um, they're, they, they are what we're building around here uh, in Boston, and, and we have uh, tons of confidence that we're going to be right back where we belong um, in, in the American League East. So wasn't uh, wasn't a difficult question to answer. wasn't part of some strategic PR plan or messaging. He asked a question, uh, and I answered it honestly, and that's what that's what we always do. Can that change in three weeks? <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, we, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, teams, no. You know, listen, Grady Little was going to be manager <laughs> for a while after game six. Yeah. Game seven, things change. I mean, is there anything that could happen here, or are these the guys for the long run? No, these are the guys. We're, we're, we're locked in. Uh, we've got a great leadership group uh, in that front office, a great group of individuals that work really hard together, um, great group of, of uniform staff, and frankly, a great group of players. I mean, this is a talented team that let's be honest, we've underperformed and, and that's on us. Again, I'm not blaming any one person. I also think, 
in professional sports, I, I, you know, you've been around a long time. I've been around a long time. I think we try, um, uh, you know, it, to to assign blame uh, to one individual person um, because people are always looking for uh, a, a quick uh, soundbite or easy response. But frankly, that's a lazy uh, narrative. It's it, it's just not accurate to point the finger at, at one person. It would like, be like saying, you know, that's the one individual that's responsible for the Red Sox winning a World Series or the Patriots winning a Super Bowl or the Bruins winning a cup. Um, it's just not accurate, right? It's a team. We are a team here at Fenway Park. Um, from John Henry to Tom Warner to Mike Gordon to their partners in the ownership group to our front office, um, we, we succeed together and we fail together and we don't think about pointing the finger at one individual person uh, we've we, we've certainly had some change in 21 years but we've had consistency of ownership big consistency in the front office um, and you know that's led to unprecedented success and, and and we're hungry for more of it to be fair the, the reason Ken probably asked you that question though is you have had four heads of baseball operations in 12 13 years whatever it's been and yeah, we, we say New York's a tough place, but Cashman's closing in on a quarter century, right? You've had a high turnover. Is it important to get to be more stable in those positions? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's um, just if you peel the, peel the onion back on that a little bit. Think about when we arrived, 2002. Um, we named Theo Epstein uh, the, the youngest general manager in baseball history. Um, he left mid-contract, uh, just to be honest, to go uh, to go for the Cubs opportunity. John Henry, Tom Werner uh, allowed him that opportunity. We quickly promoted Ben Charrington, who was part of his regime. So if you think about 2002 all the way through 2015, we, we had roughly the same baseball ops administration. We did bring in Dave Dombrowski. Uh, that was part of a discussion uh, to add uh, senior-level baseball operations leadership. Um, frankly, we had hoped that Ben was going to stay uh, as a part of that uh, regime. He decided not to. We respect the, the hell out of Ben Charrington and understand his decision to move on. But let me be very clear. That was his decision. Um, so you talk about Theo and Ben and Dave. Yes, we did make a change with Dave, um, and we went in a different philosophical, different strategic direction uh, in terms of how we were going to build things uh, going forward. Um, but I think it's a little bit unfair to Red Sox ownership to say that there's been uh, a quick hook uh, on baseball operations leadership. The philosophy, the strategy has not changed one bit. And what I mean by that is we have the resources to invest into the major league level, into analytics, into scouting, into player development because of our fans, because of this market, because of the incredible support we get. And that will never change uh, as long as as long as John and Tom are uh, the stewards of this, this franchise. So Red Sox fans should be confident about that. John Henry uh, talked to Alex Spear of the Globe uh, in an interesting conversation. He talked about kind of the arms race in brain power, I think is the expression he used, and, and the analytics, the, you know, the race to be the best in that department. He said there's been a lot of investment <clears throat> behind the scenes in those areas that, that fans don't see. And while that's important, probably nothing gets a fan's eye rolling more than good analytics talk, right? But you need that. Uh, that doesn't come at the expense of anything you do on the field, does it? That, that's right. And look, fans don't really want to hear about process. Uh, they don't want to hear about uh, backroom analytics and 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 sort of the the why. They they want to look uh, on 
on the field every single night and see a team that's worthy of their support. Our fans, we ask a lot of our fans. They they pay high prices for our tickets. Um, we, we, we play long games in the American League East, if you haven't noticed. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, we ask a lot of our fans, and we appreciate that. So at the end of the day, um, you know, maybe we're guilty of talking too much about the process or things that are going on behind the scenes out of a desire to be transparent and open. Um, you know, you read some headlines and sometimes, you know, you realize we're still learning in, in, in our roles. You know, look, at the end of the day, we, we, we need to be winning games. Be, we need to be in the race uh, going into the end of the year. We want to be playing baseball in October. Um, and that's what our fans expect. And that's what we expect. Uh, and, and we haven't we haven't been there this year so far. Uh, so that's on us. We own it. We'll leave it at that. And uh, just just a, a message to our fans that we are committed uh, to, to winning that next World Series championship. And we hope it's as soon as humanly possible. When we talk about ownership, we don't see John and Tom as much as we used to. FSG has grown globally, right? Liverpool, the Penguins, NASCAR has been part of it for a long time. Nesson is a separate part of it. And, and expanding from there, you know, the, the music hall, a lot, a lot going on. Uh, I, Dan Shaughnessy said, right, John Henry is ghosting the Red Sox. I, I know that's not right because I see him here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but he, they don't speak as much. You speak for the organization. Sort of take us behind the scenes a little bit of how that growth has changed things and what stays the same despite that growth. Yeah, well, I think the um, the strength and, and uh, expansion of, of Fenway Sports Group um, is a really good thing for Red Sox fans and for the Boston Red Sox organization. You know, we need a strong, healthy baseball team in front office and, and uh, being a part of this uh, this worldwide uh, conglomerate <laughs> called Fenway Sports Group, which is kind of, I sort of laugh as I say it because we started here in 2002 with, you know, the Red Sox and Nesson. And yes, it has expanded. John and Tom are tremendous entrepreneurs. They've built an amazing business. Uh, Mike Gordon, who's our president, has uh, led that growth uh, as well. And so we, we don't see it as a change. We just see it as expanding into new and different things. But make no mistake, um, you know, John and Tom are here at just about every single home game. Uh, they're intimately involved with all of the operations of the Red Sox on the field, off the field. Um, again, much to uh, Dan Shaughnessy's dismay or maybe others, they might not sit and talk with the media every single day. Uh, frankly, they, you know, they pay us to do much of the heavy lifting in that regard. And frankly, people would rather hear from Alex Cora and our players than me uh, and Hyam Bloom. I can tell you that. Uh, but we need to be accountable. We need to be respectful to our media. We need to be transparent with our fans. So uh, if you're hearing more from, from me or Hyam, um, that, that's just in, a, a part of a desire to be accessible and, and transparent. Um, but the commitment from John Henry, Tom Werner, Mike Gordon, all of Fenway sports group to the Boston Red Sox um, as evidenced by what we've uh, what we've invested here the last uh, couple years on and off the field it's actually stronger uh, than ever and, and and that won't change these these guys want to win they're they're hungry uh, to win more uh, and more and that's a good thing um, and and now it's on us to to deliver to be clear uh, and I'll ask they say there's no stupid questions this kind of is a stupid question but it is asked signing Mo Salah doesn't 
have any effect on whether you sign Xander Bogarts? Zero, zip, zilch, none. Um, each of the Fenway Sports Group companies have their own uh, P&L. They're managed by different people, different leaders. Um, Fenway Sports Group, as a consolidated company, is owned uh, and, and operated by John Henry, Tom Werner, and Mike Gordon. Um, these uh, these guys also have other businesses, by the way. Uh, they're incredibly <laughs> successful um, business people, sports executives in their own right. They've had Hall of Fame careers. But, yeah, the, the, the operations of uh, the individual teams, whether it's hockey, NASCAR, English soccer, Major League Baseball, uh, are completely separate, different management groups. We have our own uh, budgets. We stand on our own two feet. Now, we do try to share some best practices, uh, especially in the business operations side. You know, our old friend Billy Hogan, who's CEO of Liverpool Football Club, and I will share ideas. The Pittsburgh uh, folks do a great job down there in the arena business. We've taken some lessons learned as it relates to the operation of our new arena, if you will, our music venue out beyond the right field bleachers. So we try and share uh, good ideas and best practices, but there's absolutely no connection uh, in terms of the willingness to spend on on a free agent or, um, or on an extension with, with a player. No connection. So let's get to that willingness to spend because it, you know, it really has picked up in intensity this year, the the fans sort of, you know, the, the chatter that you don't want to spend money, uh, even though the payroll is amongst the highest in baseball. It has been for a very long time. But yep. I, I think people are projecting what's going to happen, right? They know that there's a large chunk of salary coming off the books this year or potentially. And it begins with Xander Bogarts because he's potentially a free agent. You traded Mookie Betts. This, we can go through that whole thing, but that'd be a whole separate podcast, so we won't. But you know what the reaction was to losing Moogie Betts. Does that reaction play into any decision you might have about Xander Bogarts? Well, look, I, I think we have to be um, uh, strategic and smart about exactly where we are, you know, in a, in a given year, at a given time period, and what the needs of our roster are, where we sort of stand with who's coming up behind these major league guys, you know, from the minor league level, um, there will always be a willingness uh, to invest uh, at the major league level. Can I tell you exactly what will happen? No, of course I, I, I cannot. But um, w- would we love to have Bogey and, and Rafi a part of this Red Sox team for uh, a long, long time? Yes, absolutely. Will we continue to engage in those discussions? Yes, we will. Um, it's It's been uh, sort of the secret sauce of the Red Sox to have uh, guys who have come through our system, them, uh, fans uh, fall in love with them, we fall in love with them, uh, and have them be a part of this team uh, and be a part of a championship team. Both Bogey and Rafi are World Series champions. They understand what it takes to win here. They want to be here. We want them there. Um, but let's just take Bogey uh, specifically. You know, we, we have him under contract uh, for a long time, uh, for three more years after this current season. He has the right to opt out of that contract. Um, that will be his decision, his decision alone. Um, and we respect that decision, whatever he decides to do. Uh, and whether he, if, if he doesn't opt out, that's great if he does we will uh, do everything we can to try and line up on a deal with him um and we hope it happens. In terms of Rafi, we have him under team control for one more year. Uh, so will we continue to try and talk and have discussions about uh, a long-term extension? Uh, yes, we would love him to be here. But we have to think about how we get back to October baseball and winning a World Series 
those two guys being a part of this team certainly help that. Uh, but we also have to think about the rest of the roster and the rest of the positions that we have to fill. Um, and the resources here are immense. You mentioned, you know, over $230 million spent on, on players in 2022 top of Major League Baseball. Uh, we, will, we will continue to invest heavily, um, but we have to do it in a way that's responsible so we can be uh, where we want to be in the American League East, hopefully, uh, for a long time. We're not there now. Again, people are probably sick of, of hearing us talk about it, uh, but the commitment and the resources are there. Um, it's up to us now to, to get it done. Well, you know, there's probably, you could probably make a formula, right? Uh, uh, John Henry's a, a mathematical genius. I mean, literally. And, and there's probably a way to make a formula that says player does this, he gets this. But that's not reality because if you're a free agent, there are other teams bidding. But is, in your mind, just the Sam Kennedy speaking now, not necessarily the team, you know, and, and I'll go back to what Dennis Eckersley said uh, in the broadcast this weekend. He, he was comparing Xander Bogarts to Derek Jeter and saying towards the end, the Yankees were paying Derek Jeter to be Derek Jeter, knowing he might not be the elite shortstop he once was. Is there value, is there legacy value to a player who maybe means more than necessary? And, I'm not, and listen, Bogarts is having one of his best seasons. I think it, by war, he's number one in fan graphs uh, of any shortstop. So this is not saying he's not playing well, because he is. But in any player in general, do you think what the player means to a community, to a clubhouse, can lead to more money at the end of the day than maybe what statistics would bear out? Without question. The answer to that is yes, uh, 100%. I mean, you know, if you go back in, in, in Red Sox history, I mean, I go back to Carl Yastrzemski days and Fred Lynn and Dwight Evans and Jim Rice, and then you come to our time in Boston with Pedro and, and Manny and David and Jason Veritek and Dustin Pedroia and, you know, guys that just mean so much more uh, than what they do on the field to this for this team, for this ballpark, for this community. That is a huge, huge part of it. Um, and the other piece of it is, you know, not everyone wants to be in Boston. Um, I can tell you not everyone wants to be in in Hyam Bloom's job in Boston. Not everyone want to be in my job uh, in Boston. We want to be here. I want to be here. Uh, we want players that want to be here. We want to be in a market where you walk into Dunkin' Donuts and you get yelled at for <laughs> what happened the night before. That's what you want. You want to be in the best market in all of baseball. This is the best market um, for baseball in the United States. It's not even close because this team matters more. And star power, homegrown players, star players that especially have come through our system, they matter more. So that's why it's so important that we do everything in our power to line up on, on agreements. That's what we were able to do, uh, frankly, with Xander Bogarts uh, prior to the 2019 season. I mean, I love Bogey. He's, he's one of the best people you'll ever meet. Um, he's a class act. He's, he's a leader. Um, and same holds true for Rafi. He's accountable. He wants to be here. He wants to win. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really important. And it's why, frankly, I would not be uh, a good general manager. I, I think I fall into the category of baseball executives that would be guilty of falling in love with your star players and homegrown players. And I think that's probably why, you know, we know objectively we, we need to make sure we're allocating resources across 
across the entire field, across our whole system, um, and it's really, really hard. General managers have to make really, really difficult decisions. John, Tom, Mike, and I are here to support them, help them, provide them the resources, uh, and, and support the decisions that they make. Uh, but those baseball ops decisions are really, really difficult. I, I, I hate to say it's simple because not, none of this is simple. But it is somewhat simpler for High and Bloom to put together a team because really all High and Bloom has to do is win, <laughs> which is the hardest thing to do. I understand that. Okay, but that but his goal is to win baseball games. You've got to do a little more. You've got to fill seats. You've got to help Ness and get ratings. You've <laughs> got to you know get people up to the five twenty one overlook. There's a lot more that goes into being the CEO half of your job, right? Yep. Do you need to make a splash you, in an off season after this, or, or is that a resist? Uh, a temptation you have to almost resist a little bit. Yeah, you, you do need to resist it to the extent that, uh, ironically, you, you're, you're absolutely right, sort of in the assessment, but at the end of the day, what our job here as ownership, as management, is to win. It is fully aligned with what Hyam Bloom, Brian O'Halloran, Raquel Ferreira, Eddie Romero, uh, Alex Cora, Will Venable, we're, we're all aligned together. We wouldn't even be having this discussion. Let's let's be honest. Dan Shaughnessy or Talk Radio wouldn't be writing. Talk, we wouldn't even be having this discussion if we were at the top of the American League East following uh, a, a year in 2021 when we went to the ALCS and almost got back to the World Series. Um, so we're all aligned in that. We, we need it, we need to play competitive baseball and be playing baseball in October and everything else goes away. Uh, so our interests are all completely aligned as an organization. Um, but I, specifically to answer your question about star homegrown players, yeah, we, we've proven uh, that that is a critical part. Over our 21 years here, that is a critical part of how you do just that, of how you win, um, and identifying players that want to be here, that can handle the pressure of playing in Boston, and frankly, uh, love being in Boston. I look at someone like Kike Hernandez and what he did last year. It's been frustrating this year with injuries, but that's the type of player you want, a guy who really wants to come out in front of 38,000 people every single night, intense atmosphere, uh, and have all eyes on them under the spotlight and want to be here. That's what we want in the front office, and we need th that type of personnel out on that field. All right, a couple last things. One, I have said, and this is probably an exaggeration, but I'm a TV host, that's what we do, uh, that the next six months might be the most critical six months of your group, your ownership group, Maybe not of the entire ownership, but certainly maybe since 04, since you did win. Because so many players could be leaving. So much money is available to reallocate and, and kind of, I mean, this is, you don't often get a chance, right? This is the trade in 2012 without having to trade people. You have flexibility now to reshape the roster in a number of different ways. Do you agree with that assessment to an extent? You know, it's interesting. Maybe uh, there's a re I'm, I'm 49 years old, and I feel like I'm about 79 years old. So maybe <laughs> baseball years. Yeah, may, maybe um, it is uh, a, a fault of ours. But the, the God's honest truth is, we feel like every six month window in front of us is the most important window of our baseball lives um, because we are so passionate about doing the right things for our fans, uh, for this team, for this region, because we know how important it is. I mean, I come to work here every single day and I look around at these seats, I look around at the, this ballpark and say, geez, that w what an opportunity. Don't 
don't screw this up. You know, we treasure this. John Henry was in Florida. Uh, Tom and I were in San Diego. Um, you know, Larry Lucchino, Baltimore, San Diego, Boston. So we have this opportunity to be in Boston with the greatest fans, uh, with the greatest ballpark. And so we feel that pressure every every six month window, every six week window, sometimes every six minute window. Um, so uh, I, I hear what you're saying. And yes, the, the simple truth is we do have a lot of flexibility and we do have some big decisions in front of us. Um, and, and there is pressure that goes with that. But uh, we're privileged to be uh, in the roles that we're in and we never take it for granted. So I say six months because six months from now, it'll be March 5th. We'll be about a week into spring training. Uh, it would it would be kind of too simple to ask you a year from now, will fans be happy? Because you will think yes, right? I mean, you're going to assume that you'll be able to put together a team that's going to be good next September. They'll be in the hunt. I'm not sure they'll be happy unless we win a World well, Series. That. But, but a year from now, September, so you can't, you know, you would, as long as you're in the hunt, I think they'll be happy. But six months from now, when you're a week into spring training, do you think fans will be happy with where this franchise stands? So this is really sort of the team you're bringing into camp next spring. Yeah, I, I can't, uh, I can't uh, speak for our incredible fan base, but um, I hope that, that they'll uh, understand the direction of the franchise, exactly where we're going, why we're doing what we're doing, um, and, and they have the confidence in uh, our ownership group and our front office group uh, to get this team back where we belong, and that's atop the American League East. But um, it's a difficult question to answer because uh, at the end of the day, un- until we're, we're out there and, 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 and walking the walk, talk is, talk is cheap. So I'll ask you for one more little bit of talk. <laughs> Message to the fans. You know, as they, as they look here, you got a month left, and, and again, go 25 and 3 and when we'll be getting ready for the playoffs. Love that. Okay? Love that. Love uh, that. Assuming that might not happen. Uh, but just what do you say to the fans about this season, about the future? Just I mean, if you were to have a message to Red Sox Nation, what would it be? Well, first it's a huge thank you for the support um, that we've had all year long. Th- this year has been incredible. The intensity in the ballpark, uh, the fans coming out uh, night in, night out to support this team despite a challenging year. We are so appreciative of it. We never take you for granted, so we thank you uh, for that. And you have our uh, our commitment and our word that we're going to do everything in our power uh, to get the Red Sox back where we belong, and that is in a position to win uh, another World Series championship. We've won nine. Uh, we've won four under the Henry Werner. Mike Gordon, Fenway Sports Group ownership going back to, to 2002, and, and, and we're hungry for that fifth, sixth, seventh under their stewardship, and, and that is the mission. Nothing short of that uh, will satisfy us, and I know uh, nothing short of that will satisfy our fans, so that's the goal. Awesome. We appreciate the visit, Sam. Thank you. Thanks, TC. Great you didn't know there was a camera. It's a podcast, <laughs> so we, but that's all right. This is still dressing up for most people. <laughs> Sam Kennedy, President and CEO, this week's guest on the TC and Company podcast. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening.